Chapter 24 Effectively Encountering the Varieties of Opposition Overall Summary Chapters 1 through 23 and Application Situations constantly arise which provide occasion for the Christian to defend his faith. Opposition to biblical Christianity comes to practical expression in a variety of ways popular media and entertainment, propaganda from cults and false religions, teaching in schools and colleges. Remarks made by colleagues, neighbors, and friends, not to mention modern trends in psychology, politics, medicine, society, and the list could be easily multiplied. The opinions, assumptions, and behavior of the people who come into contact with our lives are for the most part grounded in hostility, active and passive, to the teaching of Scripture. The believer is apologetically challenged on every side. Of course, his need to defend his beliefs is greatly increased to the extent that he initiates an evangelistic witness with those around him. Thus, there is no lack of opportunity to engage in apologetics. Nor is there a shortage of the kinds of criticisms and problems encountered by the Christian apologist. First, there are direct attacks on Christian tenets. Some reject God, atheists, agnostics, skeptics. Some reject the possibility of revelation. Others reject the Bible as being God's revelation. The latter group allegedly base their response on logic, supposing to find contradictions in the Bible's system of doctrine or between its recorded accounts, or factual matters rejecting the textual accuracy, the historical veracity, or possibility of miracles in Scripture, or ethical concerns criticizing God's actions or commandments or finally on personal considerations, saying the Bible is not to their liking, does not meet their needs, or being indifferent or relativistic. Secondly, there are systems in competition with evangelical Christianity. Some accept the wrong God, deism, pantheism, or the various world religions. Some accept the wrong revelation, internal, intuition, or personal feeling, social opinion, or human tradition, or other sacred writings and others accept the wrong interpretation or improperly understand the Bible, as less than it claims for itself, modern orthodoxy, or as teaching and incorrect theology and soteriology, the cults. Therefore, opposition to biblical Christianity is of many kinds and comes in many ways. When you stand back and get an idea of the intensity and scope of the attacks on the Christian world and life view, you could easily be tempted to give up all hope of being an effective apologist, exclaiming, Who is sufficient for these things? Especially if you do not have advanced training in these matters. However, such a despairing attitude, such a lack of confidence, would tend wrongly to release you from your clear and unavoidable responsibility to be prepared to give an answer to any man who asks for a reasoned defense of the hope, confidence, that is in you. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. Well then, how can any Christian fulfill this apologetical task? The answer lies in recognizing that, despite the variety of criticisms and the many modes in which they are expressed, there is a common, basic, set of circumstances and principles that are embodied in each and every apologetic encounter. All critics have a fundamental and identical problem. Christianity is always and only the answer to this problem. That is why the preceding studies in this series have focused on central themes and general guidelines for apologetics. 
If the believer can penetrate to the heart of the matter and grasp the basic principles that come to play in apologetic interaction, he will be prepared for every sort of challenge to the faith. At bottom, the issue is always a matter of recognizing the sovereign Creator who has clearly revealed Himself, as well as your total dependence on Him even in the realm of thought and knowledge. The previous parts of this series have elaborated and built upon these points. A quick synopsis of those studies will hopefully bring everything together in encapsulated form. We begin with the fundamental principle which must guide all thinking, the Lordship of Christ in the realm of knowledge. God speaks with self-attesting authority, as revelation is the necessary foundation of man's knowledge. The attempt to take a neutral stance with respect to God's revelation, then, is immoral and unavoidably leads, in principle, to the disintegration of knowledge. Consequently, the Bible characterizes the unbeliever's thoughts as vain and foolish, and it requires the believer, who is renewed in mind, to be set apart from the world by submission to Christ's word of truth as the ultimate authority. The Christian, then, is rescued from epistemic futility by presupposing God's word over all contrary claims. Certain conditions were then seen to characterize apologetical situations and make fruitful argumentation in humble boldness possible with the unbeliever. Due to God's inescapable revelation, every unbeliever nevertheless knows God and thereby, contrary to his espoused principles, knows himself and the world in some measure. Knowing God, all men are then without an apologetic for their rebellion against his truth. The whole created realm constantly reveals the living and true God, thus providing abundant common ground between the believer and unbeliever. Since the latter is always the image of God, and since he possesses the truth of God, though suppressed, the apologist always has a point of contact with him. How should the Christian go about defending the faith, given the above truths? First, he must firmly acknowledge that unbelief results in intellectual foolishness. Given that conviction and understanding, the believer can repudiate the unbeliever's presuppositions, present the absolute claims of Christ, even in the realm of thought, and do an internal critique of the unbeliever's thought, showing him where its assumptions inevitably lead. The unbeliever must be shown that he actually opposes himself. This presuppositional approach is required since two full worldviews are being set against each other not simply a few alleged facts and applications of logic. The very possibility of knowledge outside of God's revelation, savingly presented in Christ, must be undermined. Since all argumentation over fundamental issues of life and belief reduce to a question of one starting point, the Christian apologist must stand firmly on the Word of God, setting forth its self-attesting nature over against the destructive assumptions of unbelief for epistemology. By understanding and operating upon these central principles, the apologist can have full confidence in his ability to answer all varieties of opposition to Christianity. Finally, then, the conditions of a successful apologetic treatment of unbelief can be rehearsed. First, the apologist must be true to his presuppositions and remember the nature of saving faith, working toward unconditional submission to the Word of God on its own merits. The believer will not move to a neutral position or give the deceptive impression that autonomy can lead to meaningful and true conclusions. Second, the unbeliever must see that belief is the foundation of understanding. Submission to Christ must ground one's use of reasoning. 
Finally, success is possible only if God himself sovereignly grants the unbeliever an understanding of the truth, enlightening his mind, converting his heart, and giving him the gift of faith. The principles summarized above prepare the believer to answer any and all opposition to the faith, irrespective of the form or circumstance in which it appears. Every apologetical situation is characterized by these facts. God's revelation is at base necessary for knowledge of any kind. All unbelievers are without excuse since they possess and suppress the knowledge of God, and the Christian is characterized by unconditional surrender to Christ in all things. These facts not only guide us as to how we should defend the faith, they also guarantee that we can drive to the heart of any variety of opposition, unmask it, and set forth the sterling claims of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4-5 through 5. With Christ, set apart as Lord in your heart, the believer is prepared for any challenge to the faith. He can have genuine hope or confidence in looking ahead to the defense of the hope that is in you. As Scripture declares, he that believeth on him shall not be confounded, will not have occasion to be ashamed of his confidence, and flee in disappointment. Romans chapter 9 verse 33, 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 6.